It's a film with three brains. 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 To his clients, he's the greatest. What is it they call you, Mr. Rock and Roll Detective? To everyone else, he's just a dick. I'm sorry that I made you clean the toilets and the bathtubs. I mean, who did all the work in bed? Andrew. Ow! Dice. Clay. Oh! Is Ford Fairlane. Does that excite you? Oh, that. Don't take a person. Rose in bar naked. Gone. Got women to the right of me. Got women to the left of me. I got chicks all around me. Ford Fairlane, featuring Priscilla Presley, Sheila E., Ed O'Neill, Robert Englund, Tone Lope, and Wayne Newton. Yes, Wayne Newton. I've dedicated my life to making sure that this industry is so disgusting that we'd have to self-destruct. I even spit in the punch bowl. We're dealing with a very sick puppy here. Ford Fairlane. He came from Brooklyn to save the world. Top of the world, Ma! That's rock and roll, eh? Hello, welcome to the film with three brains. I am Cohen in Maplewood, New Jersey. And I am Sean in Chicago. Hello, hello. It's Sam in San Francisco. <laughs> uh, a, a little nod to the Robert England character that we were about to discuss. No, not Nightmare on Elm Street. We've done that. This is The Adventures of Ford Fairlane from 1990, starring Andrew Dice Clay. Oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, (laughs) (laughs) uh, you know, this came out when Andrew Dice Clay was quite popular and we were in high school and as a high school boy in the early nineties, I thought he was very funny and I remember really (laughs) loving this movie and I haven't seen it in a very long time. Had you guys seen it before? I think I saw it with you in the theater. Oh yeah? Yeah. I don't remember seeing it it in the theater. I'm sure I did, though. I I, I don't think I would have missed it. (laughs) Yeah. Sean? I mean, yeah, Sam said last time that we saw it in the theater, and I'm going to go with his his answer because I don't specifically remember going, but, I mean, I don't see myself seeing this without going. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe with Tom. (laughs) I think Tom was there, too. Oh, was he? That makes sense. Yeah, I always associate... Tom, like, quoting him, too. Or wow. having, I don't know, Should the stand-up album. Yeah. yeah. Well, also, didn't they, when we were doing the high school videos, didn't someone, Tom and someone, do one where he yeah. did, like, an Andrew Dice Clay <laughs> character? Yeah, that was, um, so we had, we split off into two video fact. Like, we were in different English classes, and it was me, Tom, and other Tom. And Mark Mark Robers and and we and I think Curtin was the the main thrust <laughs> behind like wanting to he really wanted to stick it to our English teacher Mrs. Burns <laughs> <laughs> and he liked to say misogynistic things in class like yeah get like they should be in the kitchen you know that's the stupid stuff yeah so yeah somehow like a clip of some of Dice's stand up ended up in in our movie. <laughs> Our English movie, whatever the hell it was, yeah, it, was, it didn't. Uh, it didn't work at all. I wasn't. I uh, wasn't very pleased with it. But uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, Adventures Ford Fairlane is really. I think it's his first of not so many movies that Andrew Dice Clay made over the years. Um, probably not well received. I don't really remember. Um, <laughs> probably. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a, a brief synopsis, I suppose, is in order. Um, Andrew Dice Clay plays a detective in, in Hollywood, uh, focusing primarily in the music industry. Um, uh, big rock star gets killed, uh, and then a friend of his gets killed, and he's sort of like following the clues to try and figure out who, what's going on. Um, leads to a record, 
producer guy who or who owns a record label who's turns out it's a little convoluted but it turns out he's pirating his own music right <laughs> his own records he's pirating yes. and selling <laughs> as bootlegs or you know knockoffs wherever the hell i, I don't know it, I, I didn't. I, I've never really understood the plot of this movie very well, even if there is none. <laughs> There's no plot. It. it doesn't matter at, the, at that point. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, sure. Uh, it has a strangely compelling cast uh, for the most part, and uh, particularly in terms of like just like music people, mm-hmm. I guess, which is weird. Sure. Um, I will say, yeah. and it, oh, and it's directed by Rennie Harlan, who uh, would go on after this to direct um, Die Hard 2 immediately after this. And before <laughs> this, uh, Night on Elm Street, what, four? Four, yeah. And uh, quite a few other movies. I mean, Rennie Harlan's directed some good, some terrible. He directed Cutthroat Island, uh, but he also directed um, Cliffhanger. So, I don't know. He's got mm-hmm. the, the Long Kiss mm-hmm. Goodnight. That one I like. Yeah, he hasn't done much lately. <laughs> Um, so, not much I'm just good. curious. Not much good. Yeah. I'm just curious, like how much is, I mean, Colin, I think you're a sucker for a detective story, are you not? I mean, sure, I would agree. So, to that. I I wonder if that's like the main reason. I mean, I guess we did. We all we all knew Dice, who he was, his persona, his stand up stuff, right? But I mean, is that? I mean, that's. <laughs> Do you remember, or is it too far back to remember? Can you remember the? Well, no. Then? I mean, I, I I remember this movie because I thought it was funny, mm-hmm. and there are still there's some there's something about it I still like. I will admit that I chuckled a few times here and there, and it's not. He is not without his charm. The problem is that his stand-up persona overtakes the character in the movie completely. Exactly, and it ruins it. It doesn't make any fucking sense at all. It it's so dated that no one can watch this. And be like, and, and, and really even understand what the fuck is going on. Like, what are the sounds he's making? What are the things he's doing? It's, it's nonsense. It's like this absurdist, weird, you know, amalgam of weird bullshit that, that no one can decipher unless you are familiar with his, you know, his routine from the 80s, late 80s, early 90s, mm-hmm. you know, or his, his, uh, his act. And it, it it really sinks the movie completely. I kept thinking, you could take this exact script, cast someone uh, who's got some gravitas and some you know some some comedic chops. Of course, I kept picturing Kurt Russell, a young Kurt Russell, because oh, you know yeah. I mean you cast him in any role basically, <laughs> and this mo- becomes a, a pretty good movie. The, the the plot's a mess. You'd have to you know simplify, tweak, whatever. But like as a detective story with humor, it's not terribly well done but it's not terrible it's just him it's just him even if he would have just played it straight instead of doing this whole dice man character if he had just acted it would yeah. have been a lot better i agree with that i'm, I'm not, not saying sure i agree great. about the same movie but well you know some like certain it, parts of it yeah that is the the most offensive thing about it i mean yeah it's misogynistic and ridiculous of course i mean Half the movies made in the eighties are, unfortunately. But this one particularly, and that he was known yeah. for that, I mean, right? That was, and again, that's I mean, that's his entire act, at the time. So yeah, yeah, I mean this, I would never recommend this to anybody who's not our age and probably male, who at least had a passing interest of Andrew Dice Clay as a stand-up comedian, back then. Do you think that's why it's so hard to find? Because people today are like, there's no, well, no yeah. streaming service. I mean, it was like, oh, let's pick that one up. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it made much money when it came out. And, it, and I don't think it's ever really achieved the sort of cult status that other bad movies have. Well, you I know? don't think anybody wants to be associated with this at this point. True. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. This is just, I mean, he was controversial in 1990. Right. You know, there were people protesting him being on. Saturday Night Live. Um, if you remember, uh, like Nora Dunn re- had refused to be in that episode. There was, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, yeah um, there were uh, Sinead O'Connor, you know, canceled her appearance because mm-hmm. of him. So, yeah, it, it, I mean, he had some other funny material, but it was right. still dirty. 
which is fine. Every, I mean, tons of people make a living telling dirty jokes. Um, but this, but kind of his attitude, everything about it is so dated. Yeah. That you yeah. just, it's just, it's just like when you're a little kid, you know, when you're 15 and you're, grandpa says something that just makes you shudder and wish your friends weren't there it's like that the whole movie you know (laughs) yeah it but also just made no sense i i honestly didn't find i I felt like you you know you're saying kurt russell i felt like this they should if they would have just gone all silly and had like yeah Jim Carrey do it, sure. it would have worked. Because there are oh, certain sure. moments that yeah. I was like, that's a Jim Carrey moment. Like, I yeah. almost even kind of wondered, like, was Jim Carrey somewhat inspired by some of the ridiculousness? <laughs> I know. Like, the way he combs his hair or something? Yeah, like, yeah. There's yes. definitely some some overlaps there that I was like, yeah. that, that can't, like, was he was Jim Carrey just subtly making fun of him? Like, I have no idea. <laughs> right. But there's definitely some overlaps yeah. there. Yeah. I agree. I, can, yeah. I find myself thinking that too when I was watching. I was like, "There's some Ace Ventura shit going on here." Yeah, it, and I never would have thought that had we not watched this movie. I could have watched Ace Ventura and not watched this movie, and I never would have thought that this movie yeah. would somehow relate. But when I watched it, I totally saw it. Yes, I. Let's go ahead, Sean. Real quick with Jim Carrey and having Lauren Holly in there, mm-hmm. yeah. I couldn't not think about. Right. Dumb and dumber. It's like, especially when they're at the party and he eats that hors d'oeuvre right, and right, shoves it yeah. into her mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was the same kiss that, that Jim Carrey does it in yeah. Dumb and Dumber. It was so. <laughs> yeah. And the same thing he does in Ace Ventura when he's, you know, eating, eating the gross food. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. You know, it's smushy, isn't it? Or mushy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Squishy, right. isn't it? <laughs> huh. It's interesting. I wonder. I, I I bet you no one has ever asked Jim Carrey in an interview if he was partially inspired by the adventures of Ford Fairlane when when uh, making Ace Ventura Pet Detective. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think so. But uh, I, you know, I was wondering when I was watching it again. I was wondering um, if this if there was a source material for this, and there is. I didn't know that. I was just curious, and then I looked it up, and there is. There's a, a writer who wrote a series of detective stories, um, I think in the late 70s and early 80s, that was published in like music magazines and shit, called The Adventures of Ford Fairlane, and it was a rock and roll detective solving crimes. And it, I don't know, it just made me wonder, I wonder, I wonder why, I guess just because he was popular at the time, they just decided Andrew Dice Clay was popular, he had a bankability, and there was they were probably looking to put him in something, and this just seemed... Appropriate, I guess. I don't know. Hmm. Anyway, I, f- I feel like there was a missed opportunity. That is weird how that came around. I mean, they, they do that for other things. Yeah. You know, the, the it, Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, you know, it the here here's a good example, and I will say that Rodney Dangerfield is also a good example of, there are some comedians who just don't translate you know, to, to movies hmm. and, and, and Rodney Dangerfield is one of them. Like, have you ever seen a Rodney Danger a movie with Rodney Dangerfield where he wasn't doing his up? No, definitely not. You know, and that's, and I guess Andrew Dice Clay has sort of proved that somewhat wrong. Um, by being, I guess I never saw it, but I guess he was pretty good in that Woody Allen movie that came out a few years back. Um, and then what else? He did something else relatively recently. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, he was in a stars. He was in, he was in a, yeah, stars yeah, born. A stars born. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I understand, he was pretty good. I haven't seen that either. And I know he had a show called Dice. I never saw that. I know he was in vinyl and entourage, but oh, he was in Blue Jasmine with yeah, Kate yeah. Blanchett. Mm-hmm. I remember liking that, but I don't remember much about it. I never saw it. So I guess later, you know, as he got older, he sort of maybe learned how to be an actor more than just trying to do his thing. But like this, and I mean, and that, and that there was another movie he did after this called brain smasher, a love story with uh, Terry Hatcher. And again, I have, I've seen it and I have memories of it being funny, but I don't remember anything else about it. And I'm sure it's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big step that you can admit that. <laughs> yeah. I did chuckle during this, the Ford Fairlane quite a few times though. 
like if he, for me, I, I was t- I was just trying to turn off the the dumb stand up bullshit he was doing, the sound effect, the sounds and the weird things and the, you know, the the, the twitches and shit. Like I was trying mm-hmm. to ignore that and just sort of watch it as a movie instead of Andrew Dice Clay being Andrew Dice Clay. And I, I I found myself enjoying it for a while here and there, and I actually found him kind of funny when he was just reading the lines as written, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't but, think he's the problem. I, I think you nailed it right away when you said it's it's his stand-up character that overwhelming whoever Ford Fairling is. Yeah. You know, or who, whoever he could be. Mm-hmm. Which means it kind of, you know, overwhelms the whole detective story because you really sure. don't care much about that. I mean, I yeah. guess, you know, you know, there's a murder to solve and... And then his friend gets killed in the radio station seconds after he was there. Yeah. Strange. <laughs> yeah. I did uh, I did read a little factoid that that was originally supposed to be Howard Stern. That makes more uh, sense. Playing that role. And um, I guess it was written with him in mind, which makes sense. Howard mm-hmm. Stern being Howard Stern. But it, just like there were scheduling conflicts or something, or I don't know, it just didn't work out and he couldn't do it. And they got Gilbert Gottfried instead. Which is fine. Yeah. I mean, my favorite thing, I think my favorite person in this is Ed O'Neill. Yeah. As the uh, booty booty time. Booty time. <laughs> also very weird and random, but yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that was, that's one of the few things I remember from watching it the first time. I was like, booty time, booty time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, but yeah, it doesn't... <laughs> like, the beginning, um, you know, the concert... Mm-hmm. There's Vince Neil from Motley Crue playing right. Bobby or whatever his name is. Bobby like, Black. Bobby Black. He slides is down the zip line. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, and then he's on fire for a second. Did you guys catch that? <laughs> yeah. He's completely engulfed in flames. And the next thing he he's singing again. <laughs> and, and it's got to be an editing thing, but... It was. It was like, whoa, that's that's interesting. Like, that couldn't have been a, co- a coincidence. You, you know, that's like a big stunt you'd have to set up. <laughs> right. So, what was the opening supposed to be, or what was that? De- you know, yeah. I couldn't figure out what what they were going for or what they cut out. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think. Did... Go ahead. Oh, this is totally off topic, but I did learn a tidbit of factoid about Andrew Dice Clay as a result of watching this. Yeah. What do you tell? I did not know that his voice is the O. What? In Unbelievable. You didn't know that? No. I had no idea. Really? (laughs) Yeah. That's funny. I thought that was pretty common knowledge. No, I had no idea. It seems weird. So I wasn't sure it was, was, a, was, I mean, it sounds like him. It sounds like someone trying to do him. I didn't know it was actually him. Yeah. I thought it was somebody doing him. Because anybody can say, oh, come on. Yeah. Sure. I mean, that, when did that song come out? Must have been like 1991. Right yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really weird. It's a... <laughs> It's a weird time in American culture. I mean, he he sells out Madison Square Garden two nights in a row the same year that this came out. Yeah. So people were clamoring for him, I guess. I don't know. Sure. Enough to, to sell out big venues like that. Yeah. And everyone was kind of aware of him somehow. Yeah, he was a, he was like a HBO. huge superstar yeah. then. He was like the biggest thing in stand-up then. Him and like, and, and even Eddie Murphy wasn't, I feel like wasn't, he had, Eddie and Murphy had moved on to movies, you know, he wasn't doing stand-up right. anymore. Right. I'm trying to think of who else in 1990, you know, 89, 90, 91 was that big of a, uh, I mean, stand-up comedians weren't, I think stand, then stand-up comedians weren't sort of the superstars they have become now. Right. Hmm. You know, Dave Chappelle, Louis C.K., you know, formerly. People like that. You know, like then, I don't know. Yeah, I can't think of any. No, it's just, it's this gap because you're right. It's it's after it's after the '80s or a lot of the '80s ones that you think of are early '80s, but it's before it's before that next wave. It's before Adam Sandler, 
or Chris Rock or mm-hmm. all that. You're right. Who? I... I mean, there was like there was there were great stand-up comedians. I mean, Bill Hicks was around. Mitch Hedberg was around. Even Chris mm-hmm. Rock and Adam Sandler, who were you know going on Saturday Night Live because of their stand-up. But just that level, you know. Well, they're all later though, too. Yeah. I mean, Dennis Leary, Bill Hicks, yeah. Just just that like Madison Square Garden huge superstar. I can't think of anyone else. I mean, there must be somebody, but maybe not. I don't know. Hmm. And also, there was no one doing exactly what he was doing. Yeah. You know, his 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 bits uh, and the um, the nursery rhymes. Right. Like completely relatable to everyone because they all know the nursery rhymes. <laughs> right. And completely mm-hmm. loved by teenage boys who love the <laughs> idea of turning them dirty. Like, right. I mean, right. and as right. we've learned that 30 years later, we actually are still teenage boys. So, of course, <laughs> that's a huge demographic. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It was inevitable. Yeah. Two Live Crew was doing the same thing. With oh, music. yeah. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so I mean the redeeming quality well not redeeming, but like the, the sympathetic qualities are he knows this kid <laughs> and he you know, likes his the the woman he works with who be- somehow becomes his girlfriend. He just you know, says he's a I, I think, I don't remember her Harris say anything about it. He just said, "Oh, my girlfriend." <clears throat> Maybe I missed something though. We're, no, we're there's no reason before. for that relationship to yeah. exist. Oh yeah, right. there's no, there's no reason for her to be interested in him at all. And it was so assumed. It was like, oh well, yeah, okay. He treats her like crap, and then they're together at the end. Yeah. But the kid, I mean, it's it's sort of a, the ring and the dad and. Yeah, none you know, of that really needed to be there. That's the only re- reason I can think of is is to to make him more relatable, to make him yeah likable, yeah, if that's possible. Right. I mean, unless they, uh, I don't know, unless they had plans to make more movies, <laughs> you know, and somehow the kid was like part of that, you know. Yeah, I mean, with the cater hit hit with catered thing, you <laughs> right, know, right. They're right. off on a yacht. They had end. like the exact same ending as Trading Places. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was his. All of the stuff he does in the movie. The you know the the big win is that he <laughs> remembers to say that when he answers the phone. <laughs> yeah, I'm almost certain I used to have that phone too in my bedroom that he answers all burned mm. up at the end. And I'm almost certain I had the exact same one. <laughs> his entire house had blown up and then. <laughs> His phone with the cord is yeah, yeah. on the beach. Yeah, it's a long phone cord. <laughs> and that house blowing up scene was pretty ridiculous too. Sure, <laughs> running out of the house. It's so. It's the longest plastic. six seconds in the universe. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but it's also just like, hey, they've done this in the last thirty action movies, so we better do it too. Yeah. <laughs> So I read somewhere that uh, originally Billy Idol was supposed to play the role that Robert England played, and uh, but he got uh, in a terrible motorcycle accident and almost got killed, and he was in the hospital for you know months or whatever, and couldn't do it. And so Rennie Harlan had asked um, Robert England if he'd do it after they had worked together on Nightmare on Elm Street uh, thirty seven, whichever one it was. <laughs> but like I said earlier, that like. The music people that got to be in this was kind of surprising. Like, why is Wayne Newton in this? That's yeah. a good question. I think, I think Wayne Newton, maybe Wayne Newton's just like, he's just having fun, you know? <laughs> he's just like, oh, fuck it. This looks like fun. Yeah. You know, Morris Day is in it. Yeah. Sheila, Sheila E. and Vince Neil, we already mentioned. And I mean, even Priscilla Presley. It's the only movie she ever made outside the Naked Gun movies. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> For whatever reason. I don't know. 
I mean, yeah. one of the one of the producers is Steve Perry. Okay, I thought that was interesting too. Yeah, I'm like how many movies does Steve Perry produce? Probably this. <laughs> I don't All know. Right. I don't know. Maybe he produced a bunch of shit. Who knows? <laughs> um, where I guess he'd be in uh, IMDb somewhere if he did others. I don't know. But yeah, him and was it Joel Silver produced this? Yeah. Joel Silver, who's made many, many action movies. That's why everything kept blowing up. Including The Matrix. Wait, it's not the same Steve Perry. It's not? Yeah. Steve Perry's known for rocky, ordinary people and the adventures of Ford Fairley. That's too bad. (laughs) Oh, Just Cause. Yeah. Oh. Sean Connery? Yeah. Hmm. Bummer. I felt like that was yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah, I felt... Yeah, True Romance, too. And Lethal Weapon 3 and The Last Boy Scout. Mm-hmm. A lot, lot of producing and co-producing of... Oh, and Roadhouse. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know that. And Action Jackson. <laughs> 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 this guy's right up your alley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Huh. One of our most covered people, and we didn't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> All from you. Yep. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, <that> makes sense. <laughs> this was uh, nominated for several Razzies. I don't know if it mm-hmm. won. Did it win any? <clears throat> I think it did. Oh, yeah. No, it won a few. Uh, worst picture, so for Joel Silver mm-hmm. and Steve Perry. Worst actor for Andrew Dice Clay. Nominated for worst supporting actor Gilbert, Gilbert Godfrey and Wayne Newton. And worst director Rennie Harlan. And awesome. a winner for worst screenplay. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite a sweep, but. <laughs> I mean, it must have lost money. I would it looks assume. like it got close to making its, its money. Yeah. In the ballpark of 20. The budget was about 20 and box office 20, 21. Hmm. It's not a, not a huge bomb, but probably not. I mean, they probably, I would imagine, made it back in video rentals. Although, yeah, so you can't find it anywhere anymore, right? It's not streaming anywhere? Not really. We sure it's weird. I wonder, it's probably like a, there's probably like a, a rights thing tied up in, you know, who owns what, distribution for what. I mean, it's not that uncommon. Especially if it, especially if it involved anything like, you know, Carol Co., which went under and just put all kinds of movies, you know, who owned them and the distribution rights in limbo for years. Hmm. I don't know who, uh produce this though or which which production companies were involved or distribution i guess it doesn't matter who cares <laughs> i care i care thank you so Corey. so he says they pulled it and they pulled my movie in a week i was a lightning rod for everything politically politically correct that can't be true though they couldn't it couldn't have just been a week it was like july they released it I can't remember what it was going up against in June, but they they pushed it pushed it back, and apparently that was a mistake. But even so, like they don't pull movies that are doing well. Oh yeah, definitely not. I mean, they uh, wouldn't pull any movie if it was just offensive. I mean, it's, it's only ticket sales. Yeah, I like that. The movie it says it was a box office failure worldwide, but in Scandinavia, it did fairly well on rental. <laughs> well, that's because Rennie Harlan is from. Is he uh, he yeah, uh, Norway. Uh, Finland, actually. Is it Finland? Oh, Finland. I don't know. Uh, Helsinki syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, Rennie Harlan made a, a couple of pretty good movies. I think Cliffhanger's awesome. That's been on my list for a while. You guys are gonna have to watch that. I'm sorry. And I'm, I'm, I know. I'm no, stealing no, I'm myself. Not. Yeah. <laughs> you just like the first scene. Is there? I mean, 
right? It's the first scene that makes that movie. <laughs> and he likes uh, the title. It's cliff. It's a cliffhanger. It's a literal cliffhanger. <laughs> it's a literal cliffhanger. <laughs> um, I mean, Ace Ventura Two. As long as we're talking about Ace Ventura Two, oh, two does a, does a pretty good parody of the opening of Cliffhanger, only with a raccoon. <laughs> that I liked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, in a movie like Cliffhanger or something that's over the top, but everybody's over the top. Yeah. You know, it, it's, you can kind of, you know, just go with it. But in this movie, like you said, Ed O'Neill's pretty straight. Um, You know, I don't know. I mean, it's, I'm not saying that you have to ham it up, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think Sam just already made this point. Like, if it was Jim Carrey going crazy, <laughs> then it feels more cohesive. But mm-hmm. he's doing a shtick. Everyone else is just wandering around L.A. doing their normal, you know, doing yeah. a character. Mm-hmm. Oh, he also he also directed Randy Harlan also directed Deep Blue Sea, mm-hmm. which is is which is one of the better uh, non Jaws sort of underwater shark movies. Yeah, <laughs> famous for the the spontaneous death of. A very famous actor. Yes. <laughs> I don't remember it. No? I don't even yeah, I don't know if I even saw it. That's pretty good. As far as such yeah, things I mean, it go. Doesn't, it doesn't take itself too seriously. No, it's, not at all. And has a really great sort of shock death in the middle of it. not un dissimilar to Steven Seagal's untimely death in uh what's that fucking movie? Executive Decision. Yeah, with Kurt Russell. <laughs> When you think you think Steven Skull is going to be the hero, and then he's like, "We're not going to make it." You are. (laughs) Do you love that so much? (laughs) I mean, for Steven Seagal, that's Oscar-winning performance. Yeah. I gotta say, (laughs) Rennie Harlan might just be the Michael Bay of that time period. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think that's an excellent comparison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he Which has fine. Done, <laughs> he has done a lot better overseas. It says he's he's grossed five hundred twenty million in the States, over one point two billion worldwide. Wow. He's the most successful Finnish filmmaker in terms of revenue. Seems like the only one? I mean that's yeah, that's not surprising. <laughs> but but yeah, he has, you know. He says his best movie is A Long Kiss Goodnight. I'd support that. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'll put, I, I would, I mean, for me, in terms of pure enjoyment, it's that cliffhanger in Die Hard 2. Oh, I don't know how you could put Die Hard 2 on the list. Because it's awesome. It's not awesome. It's terrible, I know, but I love it. It's, <laughs> it's not like ironically it's, awesome. Or, I know, you know, but it's such a train wreck. I just, I enjoy the hell out of it. Okay. And you like Dennis, uh, of course, Captain. (laughs) Yeah, it's got a. Die Hard Two is incredibly quotable. Yeah, I still say stack them, pack them, and rack (laughs) them. Yeah. Okay. So maybe it's enjoyable. It's just like stretching the premise so far. Sure. Of course. I mean, you can't compare it to Die Hard. (laughs) It is a pale. It is a pale, pale imitation. As if made by film students. <laughs> okay, right. But listen, this is this is Rennie Harlan's quote on yeah. writing movies. Yeah. I don't want accidents. I want disasters. I don't want dirt. I want filth. I don't want a storm. I want a hurricane. I don't want fear. I want panic. I don't want suspense. I want terror. I don't want humor. I want hysteria. Wow. This sums up everything. He's just like he's just like turning it up to eleven on everything. Yeah, definitely like, Michael Michael Bay. Yeah, <laughs> so, I think so, yeah, there were there were even shots of the girl's butt. Wasn't that was the whole Michael Bay in the Transformers yeah, movie? Yeah, it's like why does the robot movie start off with a picture with the yeah. shot of a girl's butt? It's the exact yeah. same. Michael Bay was like saw Rennie Harlan was like, yeah, I can do this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, good. That, that's a good start, Rennie. <laughs> All I right. like your quote. I read your quote on writing for Hollywood. 
Yeah. Yeah. Stuff stuff randomly blows up. The weirdest action sequence has got to be the car rolling down the hill, though. <laughs> a parked car, he gets behind and just shoves. He just <laughs> shoves this frat boy's car. Yeah. So it will run, you know, I don't know. Yeah. The logistics aside, it was just like, what? <laughs> Did you aim it somehow? He was really... Yeah. I don't know. And he ended up in a sorority house. Is that the same scene, or is that a different scene? Yeah, no, same scene. Yeah. Okay. The uh, the 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 letters were I ate a pie. Right, right. Mm. Very clever. Yeah. <laughs> Very clever. <laughs> you know your Greek. <laughs> and that lady was Curry Car- Wer. I don't know if you guys recognize her or know the name, but she's been in some stuff here and there. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, one or two things. That everyone's seen. That everyone's seen. Yeah. Some people seen. I mean, she's an anaconda. Okay. Yeah. Everyone's <laughs> seen that. You've seen that. She's an eight-legged freak. Thinner. You know, mm. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that she was in maybe one like big thing, but I can't think of what that might have been. Like, I don't know why I know who she is. As soon as she's on screen, I said, oh, it's Carrie Wurr. I don't know. Why? How do you do is live for this? Do you guys? Uh, <laughs> do you guys know? Speaking of silly, obscure casting, do you guys in the one of the Pussycat uh, ladies, the band you know that's being stalked by Sam the Creep? Yeah. Um, is, is Pamela Adlin? Do you know who she is from from uh, PB Herman? Mm, don't think so. No. Pamela. No, no, no. She's uh, the voice of Bobby on King of the Hill. Oh, yeah. But she's also, she was in Lucky Louie, which was Louis C.K.'s first show. And then she was like the executive producer and co-writer on a bunch of episodes of Louie, his later show. Yes, I did and recognize has, her. And then she had her own show on FX called Better Things that was really pretty fantastic. But in this, she's like, she's so young. I saw her and I was like, holy shit, is that Pamela Adlin? But yeah. she's credited as Pamela um, Siegel. Which I guess she was for a few movies. She was in Greece too. I don't know. <laughs> but better things. Her show on FX is better things. She plays sort of like a version of herself, single actress, a single mom yeah. actress, you know, working actress raising three daughters. It's good. Mm-hmm. I, were there other pussy cats that were that we'd recognize? I, I mean, one or two of them were just know. models, but one of them was in Coming to America. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. She wanted to produce her own videos because people say she's yeah. natural. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. That's, yeah, that's the one I was like, I got to remember this one. <laughs> Thank you. I would have forgotten that. <laughs> oh, there she's credited in Coming to America's Boring Girl. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> people say I'm a rock star. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, so I, th- I feel yeah. like we're talking around this movie because we don't really know what to talk about. Well, yeah, as far as the uh, there's movie not much part. to talk about. I will talk there's about one no thing. Plot. Yeah, <laughs> that I that I thought about year, when we first saw it years ago, mm-hmm. because he made such a big deal. You know, the Jimi Hendrix guitar, you know, strung left-handed oh, sure. for a left-handed freaking genius or whatever he says. Mm-hmm. And um, um, I mean, <laughs> you can string any guitar in reverse. It doesn't matter which guitar it is. Right. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't know what that meant. And now I, I don't think I have any great understanding now. It's just that it, I mean, who cares <laughs> Did he, I mean, cause he didn't play it. Uh, let me explain. Just because you're left-handed doesn't mean you play it a different way. And, and he also doesn't like make any other, any other reference to Jimi Hendrix or, you know, like he's, his big moment is he sings in the studio Mm-hmm. Sort of a bluesy number with a a big a big band with horns and stuff. Yeah, that's not bad. I yeah. mean, it's kind of ridiculous that you're in a studio and you're still performing like there's a camera or something. <laughs> but um, as far as like you know, it doesn't not fit. You know, like if he's he if he's the rock and roll detective, he should have some experience, right? And he's you know shows how show, shows them how it's done and. 
I don't know. I, I just thought that there was it was it would have been more meaningful if there was if there was some more connection to Jimi Hendrix other than just this guitar he loves. And that he's uh, you know, chasing down the Capitol Records tower. Yeah. And eventually gets shattered on the on the ground. Yeah. I guess you know, to, that is to say that, like, musically, it's kind of all over the place. Let's let's say, <laughs> let's say that. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. Tone Loke is also in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, did we mention the uh, also uh, your guy from the Warriors? Oh, David Patrick Kelly. Yeah. He's great. <laughs> <laughs> like him he doesn't really have much to do in this though no is he a stalker or something i forgot what he does yeah yeah he's right. sam the creep he's stalks the, the pussycats right. he loves the pussycats right and then he comes to their rescue later it's silly yeah it's it says i don't know what this is musicians hall of fame something Jimmy played Jimmy Hendrix played the guitar upside down because he was left-handed and couldn't find a left-handed guitar. What do you mean couldn't find one? <laughs> I guess the bridge. I guess the pickups in the bridge, especially electric, it matters. Well, did he play it upside down or did he reverse the strings? He played it upside down. Played upside down. He's he um, strummed with his left hand and played the frets with his right. So then, what what the fuck are they talking about in this movie then? Because that's the way it was. If, if that he, was his real guitar, then it was strung upside down. Well, did he I'm play just saying, like, a right-handed guitar upside down, or did he change? There's the no strings? such thing as a. I mean, well, the maybe, strings I mean, are different, though. Actually, right? I should. I should. If if anyone's listening to this and knows what they're talking about, <laughs> I'd love. I would love to know <laughs> what the hell this is up is about. Well, Jimmy was actually left-handed. His father tried to force him to play right-handed. Um, well, I, because he believe, because he believed playing left-handed was a sign of the devil, <laughs> right? Um, but it's yeah, it's I mean, aren't it's like left-handed drums versus right-handed str- drums? But There's the no strings difference. are different thicknesses, right? Yeah, they go yes. from thicker to thinner, yes. so yeah. it makes a difference how you play which way they're strung. Correct. So well, if you're right-handed, the, you know it, it would be different than if you're left-handed, right? Right, but nobody cares. Like if you're if you're right-handed or left-handed piano player because you have to use both hands and the same thing with guitar basically i know but some people probably aren't as adept at adapting i'm just curious did he take a regular guitar and play it upside down or did he change the string order so he could turn it upside down but keep the string order the same as if it were if as if he was right-handed this is what i'm curious about too Oh, okay all right we don't don't know the answer to this i it just strikes me as strange because i feel like it would be an easy thing to just reverse the strings and change the pickups and stuff right but i don't i'm not a guitar player i mean if if we if we if we take the adventures of ford fairlane as gospel he makes it sound (laughs) like he makes it sound like he restrung the guitar yes yes so he wasn't technically playing it upside down anymore Yes, and furthermore, like, does he does does Fort Fairland ever play it? Like, he he has it in his hands a couple times, but I don't think he ever plays it. I don't think he actually plays it. So, like, <laughs> as a as memorabilia, sure, put it on the wall. It's great, it's right. amazing. But if it's your axe that you want to play, then you would have to play it right. <laughs> in right. Reverse. Was Ford Fairland left-handed? I, I don't know. He smoked right-handed. <laughs> right. He held his gun with his right hand. Right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Finally, we're getting to the nuance of this Ford Fairlane guy. Well, and for Jimmy, found a photo. Jimmy Hendrix played left-handed, even though he often played right-handed guitars. He did reverse the strings to play the proper or standard way. Okay. But it is also said he could play a standard right-hand guitar upside down backwards. And there's a photo of him doing it on other people's guitars. Okay. Interesting. There's a couple Polaroids here. Um, Here he is playing Jeff Beck's Les Paul at the hours. Hmm. All right. right. Well done, interns. 
But if anyone right. you know wants to elaborate, it's the film at three brains at uh, the film with three brains at gmail.com. Feel free to write us. <laughs> I guarantee we'll answer. Yeah, we may even send you a copy of Ford Fairlane. <laughs> <laughs> Since it's so hard to get. <laughs> Maybe. I, I should make promises. <laughs> yeah. Yes, because I'm sure people are clamoring for this. <laughs> All right. Well. What are we doing next? Yeah, what, 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 what more is there to speak of on, on Ford Fairlane anyway, right? Uh well, you said they could have they could have been setting up for sequels, but I I, I doubt it. Well, I mean, Seems weird. I mean, you could. It's it's a serial could. thing. He's the character set up. You got him. They're kind of like establishing. Yeah, they're establishing the relationships of our of our heroes. You know, sort of, kind of Dick Tracy style. You know, with his lady and the kid. Mm-hmm. Um, almost as if they were planning. You know, I mean, because there are more, there are stories. There's multiple stories that were written and published. Uh, yeah. that were the adventures of Fort Fairlane. So I'm sure, I'm sure Joel Silver's like, well, maybe this will make him a shitload of money and I can make a bunch of these, you know? And I'm sure Andrew Dice Clay thought, thought the same thing. I mean, who wouldn't, if you're, if you're making movies, you want to make, and you want to make a bunch of money and make more movies. <laughs> yeah. And I you suppose. said he made a, a t- one with Terry Hatcher and that's. Yeah. That, that was called. Kind of. Yeah. And that's not that dissimilar. Actually, he plays a bouncer at like a club. Have I who, seen that? Who it gets sounds familiar. In, gets involved with, I don't know, I fucking remember, some sort of crime horse shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't, I don't even remember, like, the the premise other than that. And, like, I don't remember who Terry Hatcher is. Um, She's, well, you, you don't remember Terry Hatcher? No, 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 the actress I do. I just don't remember oh, who just she is what, in the movie. Yeah, okay. Um. Yeah. Oh, okay. So here, let me just read the storyline that someone, that Murray Chapman wrote in IMDb. Sam Crane, a professional model, I assume as Terry Hatcher, is asked by her sister to smuggle a package from Europe to Portland, Oregon, where she, dig- where she discovers that her sister is battling Chinese Shaolin monks, not ninjas. I remember that. That was a, that was <laughs> a re- recurring joke in the movie. About, are those ninjas? They're not ninjas. Oh, I think I have seen that. Uh, fleeing the monks, Sam unwittingly involves Ed Brain Smasher Malloy, a nightclub bouncer. I remember chuckling. What can I say? I'm a fool. All right, what do you do next? All right, well... As you know, I did. I've done some weird, weird ones lately. I we did Stalker. I yeah. believe we did Chronos before that. Um. <laughs> so yeah, I had to go mainstream, right down the middle. Pretty obvious. I can't really tell you anything about it. It's a big one. Um. <laughs> do you want to guess at what year, or what decade, or anything? Ninety-five. Close. Ninety-three. Is it a Ron Howard movie? Hell no. This is a Steven Spielberg movie. Yes. <laughs> I was going to ask. Is it Saving James Private Cameron Ryan? Next. No, Saving Save- Private Ryan's later. It's well, like, I don't remember when that came out. Um, 93. I'll give you a random Nin- wait. actor. Okay. Nope, nope. Don't give us an actor. We should be able to get this just from 93 and Spielberg. You, you probably will. That's true. It's oh. before. When did Schindler's List come out? No, it was late. that was later. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Schindler's When did AI later. come out? Oh, wait. No, AI was later, too. Later. Huh. I think that's like 2000 or No, so well, Philadelphia. Wait, no, that's... Oh, that's, no, uh, that's not, Jonathan not, Demme. That's, that's, no, I'm going off Tom Hanks for some broken reason. Because <laughs> um, I said Ron Howard. Uh, <laughs> 93, what? 93. What did he do before Schindler's List? Weird. Um, Drawing a blank. Yeah, it's, it's really I can't give any. Don't hints. Don't, don't, don't say anything yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we I'm we've definitely talked about this. I don't know if I was not supposed to pick this movie or <laughs> not supposed well, why to. Not? Like it's like it's too obvious. Like I'm like a Star Wars. Oh, is wait, it, Jurassic it, Park. Yeah. It's no, Jurassic no. Park. I always thought Jurassic Park was 94. 
Shit. I got I got 93. Summer huh. 93. Huh. That's a good movie. I've, it's I've, on I've, Netflix I've heard of it. right now. So Really? Great. I wanted to pick something you could twice. find as well. What'd you say? Seen it twice? I saw it it three times in the theater alone. I was going to say, I saw it at least I've probably seen it a dozen times since then. (laughs) Maybe I've seen it three. Maybe I saw it twice in the theater, but I don't remember it once. And and then I watched it again a few years ago. Jesus. Wow. Well, now you got to watch it three times before our next episode. This will be fun for you. You got to catch up. (laughs) I I may have seen it too much to really appreciate it or really, you know, Give a give it a fair shake, but I'll do my best. Did you guys read the book? Yes, I did. Okay. Um. We'll yeah, to, we'll we'll, we'll talk about it. it. But I, yeah. I I think I had to do a a paper in college about it. Even really, I was taking a dinosaurs class. It was pretty cool. Oh, look at you. Yeah, I never took a dinosaurs <laughs> class. Alan fucking Grant. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean. This was our best review yet. Yeah. Hey. Hey. <laughs> oh. Or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, I, d- I, d- like, I did, like, some of the noises get me a little bit. The, like, the holster for the, the Zippo lighter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. I don't know. <laughs> I always, uh, I will admit, I have always, and I, again, I still kind of enjoyed it. I like the scene where he kills Robert England. Um, what, how does he kill him? When he can, Robert England has a gun and he, and he sort of starts ranting oh. and raving. He's like, just throw the gun down. Let's, let's take care of this. Oh man yeah. Man, yeah. Mano to mano. And then Robert England's like, okay. And he throws a gun down and pulls out a knife <laughs> and he laughs and he's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And he pulls, you know, that extended gun from his sleeve and shoots him. That's right. I always thought that I'm was pretty forget. good. It's a pretty good scene. As far as that's, action, that's not action movies go. Yeah. Yeah. You get your your quips in there and I think in the car chase scene, like the gun doesn't work. Right. <laughs> so kind of forget about it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll give you that. And that's why this has been our best review ever. Cause of that scene. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. All right. Well, little boy us. blue and you should too. Oh, hey, jeez. They're unbelievable. <laughs> I was going to say, join us 65 million years ago next time. Got, please.